welcome to the Willing Podcast, Chronicles of a Church Planning Team. I almost forgot it again, but I didn't. Um, This podcast is basically a living journal of a fledgling church plant that is just learning to fly. (laughs) I'm so glad you said fledgling instead of flatulent. (laughs) That would have been been a really gross... Oh, man. (laughs) No one would ever come to our church plant if that is the descriptor of it is flatulent. Anyway, to more serious topics. Um, so again, this this is a podcast that is just it chronicles um, our journey to church planting. And right now we're in the stage of just about to leave. Um, we haven't left officially yet. Um, I'm here with Lacey Henley. Oh, that's me. That is you. Yeah, <laughs> I got, I got the. The jokes. only other person the in one, this. <laughs> yeah, the one with the jokes. That's me. Hi. Yeah, um, and uh, they're about to leave, and then shortly after they leave, it will be uh, me, my wife, my wife and I, our turn to leave. However, you say that correctly. Um, like a month after you guys leave, and then two months after we leave, we have another family called the Wilsons coming of the nerdy apologist fame, um, and then we'll all be there. But. Uh, yeah, so this has been um, a crazy time to plan a church plant, and it's I think I think it's allowed us to to get a little introspective uh, and think I guess a little uh, a little bit about all the different kind of fears and uh, concerns and all these different kinds of things that we have about church planning. Um, because we've just been kind of stuck at home lately because of the whole virus situation. So I think at least my mind has kind of run rampant with those kinds of things. Um, And I'm a little crybaby anyway. So I typically think of the things I'm afraid of more often than maybe other people do. So uh, that is going to be the gist of this podcast is uh, the different fears that we have. Um, And the first fear that I, I do want to talk about, Lacey, is is one that I think it's it's pretty obvious. It's a fear that everybody has. It's a fear that everybody uh, goes through at some point in their life, and uh, and that's the fear of failure. Um, I don't know. Is that is that something that you kind of have ever thought about or ever kind of feared when thinking about the church plan? Is like you know, what if we get up there and what if like everybody hates us? What if like the the townspeople come out with like pitchforks and torches and throw us out and we just fail. Has that been something that, uh, that you've kind of mold around in your mind a little bit? I mean, I should say yes. Mm-hmm. I think, I think so. But I think my, <clears throat> I do think my fears are typically like a personal type of failure. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I'm more confident in, in the ability of a team and the ability of God working with the team. Yeah. But I do think I have, the fear of like personal failure and goals that I have for myself and failing, um, honestly to, to live up to like God's expect or God's expectation. I don't know. God's Mm -hmm. just, yeah. Failing God. (laughs) Sure. Um, yeah, yeah, personally. Yeah. So yeah, no, I think that's a completely fair Mm -hmm. thing to feel because I've I've felt that before too. And I think that's like, I do fear at times like, you know if the church plan is going to fail or not and mm-hmm. and we can we'll, we'll talk we'll get into like you know how the success and failure of a church plan is is like it's not based on the 
person or even the group of people who are going. Mm-hmm. Um, not that there's no personal responsibility there, but any success that you have, I mean, it's it's a hundred percent like God's success. It's a hundred percent the Holy Spirit working in us. Mm-hmm. Um, and then even sometimes when you fail uh, as a church plant, it's God showing you maybe you're supposed to go someplace else. I mean, that mm-hmm. happened with uh, mm-hmm. with people that we know up in Vermont that, that yeah. happened to. Um, and so, um, but yeah, I also deal a lot with and we kind of talked about this a little bit um in one of our team meetings like that that fear of inact um inadequacy and yeah, all those different kinds there of things it is. yeah and and one of the things that fear does to me the most and i'm sure it does to everybody is that for me when i when i start getting these fears it it causes me to just kind of freeze and it mm-hmm. leads to inaction and i it, it makes me just not do anything like because yeah. I'm afraid I mean you can't fail at what you don't try and what you don't do mm-hmm. and so that's one of the big struggles that I try to combat and, and pray that the Holy Spirit is just working in my heart that I go against that fear because anytime we fear and anytime we we don't act because of that fear I mean we're basically saying that that we know the wisest course of action in this moment and mm. it's not putting our faith in God it's putting our faith in our in our own judgment yeah. of not doing anything yeah and that's been just like a crippling thing to me throughout my life sometimes mm. is mm-hmm. that something that you've ever kind of gone through or struggled with yeah absolutely yeah i i think i sometimes i just distrust myself to lean on god and like i And God comes, he proves himself every time. He proves himself that it's like he's, he's ordered my steps in a Mm -hmm. way that I will fall into him and I will, um, end up leaning on him. But I think sometimes I have this fear that I'm going to drive myself to failure or Mm -hmm. I'm going to take, you know, the, the reins instead of God. I almost, because I... I am typically more of a confident person and I try to like veer away from fear and veer away from negativity and stuff Mm -hmm. um, and rely on my own strength um, to the point where I get nervous that I'm going to screw it all up in my own strength because I don't know if I'll ever humble myself to really lean on God and ask Mm -hmm. God what he wants. And and, um, yeah, I think that's my fear is just like, not being a good enough Christian, <laughs> right. like not following Jesus. <laughs> yeah, 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 which is detrimental. <laughs> right, right. I uh, so and I struggle with the exact same thing. I was listening to this podcast, I and mean, there's this thing that I'm actually doing with Ethan and Paul. Um, it's a class through this uh, website called BiblicalTraining.org. Um, and if you've, if you've never heard of biblicaltraining.org, you mm-hmm. should go to it right now. Mm-hmm. And um, they have a lot of seminary classes and Bible college classes from, from top uh, Bible-believing seminaries and Bible colleges from around the country um, completely for free, um, yeah. like full courses. Um, and uh, we're taking a preaching class, but they have a podcast now. And mm. um, in the podcast, it's this guy, basically, it's a sermon series at the moment, but he's preaching through the Beatitudes. And one of the Beatitudes is, uh, uh, blessed are the meek. Mm. Um, and he's he's explaining what this what this meekness means. Mm. And he's saying that it's not weakness. Like, that's not what it is. 
And he said that, um, you know, it's kind of best described, it's a hard thing to describe, but it's kind of best described as an understanding that you are a fallen and broken vessel that God will do mighty things through. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you do something that you see as like a, a personal failure or anything like that, it doesn't cause embarrassment because there's, I mean, there's not much to you to be embarrassed about, but because you have your identity set in stone with Christ, it doesn't affect you because yeah. uh, you're, uh, you're meek about who you are. You're, you're honest about who you are as a, uh, as a broken vessel who's been redeemed that things can just kind of fall off of you because like, you know what? I'm not that great. Yeah. You know what? Man, I am still struggling with this sinful nature. But God is great, and He's using. He promises to use uh, this broken vessel for His glory, and fill me with His Spirit, and and use me for His uh, for His kingdom. And that's a promise that I can have. And so, even these failures that we that we go through, just roll roll off. I mean, they're so hard and difficult, but because we are meek in spirit. Um, they don't affect us like maybe they once would. Yeah. And I was just like, oh man, that is the truth. You know, because one of the things yeah. why I fear, fear failure so much is because I don't want people to see me for what sometimes I believe I truly am. And that's yeah. not as good as other people. Yeah. And that's tough. Yeah. Yeah. Don't we, we, we sometimes, um, shortchange the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us. Yeah. Like, we think the Holy Spirit only exists when we're reading the Word. We right. we act like the Holy Spirit is only active when we're like doing some type of faith based activity. Yeah. But the fact is, like the Holy Spirit's inside of us whenever we're not relying on God. And mm-hmm. you know, I can always trust <laughs> that even if I'm steamrolling or I'm I'm. I'm powering ahead and I'm, and I am forgetting God, man, God can use circumstances and God can do things to, to humble me Mm -hmm. and stop me in my tracks and let me rely on him. So while I may not often pray for God to give me a failure (laughs) to bring me back to reality, he does use that. And, and that's what I can rely on or, Mm -hmm. or like I, I kind of do well in, in like, um, when something out of out of the blue comes, like I'm, mm-hmm. a, I'm, a, I love doing things spontaneously, and so when it like our ceiling falls in or something, yeah. I I perform well under that type of pressure. Yeah. Um, and it's like sometimes something like that will happen and it'll recenter me and it'll refocus mm-hmm. me on God and and who He is. Um, so yeah, so I can I can I can remind myself, but I think a. A big fear that I have mainly um, didn't necessarily uh, stem from the church planning team, Mm -hmm. but it's everything outside of church planning that I would be nervous that would like impinge on the church plant. So just being a mom Mm -hmm. um, and just I'm about to have another child and like the fear of the unknown of how can I be a successful mom in the sense of like how God divine success? How can I be a successful mom and do that and like still be able to um, give time to the church plant and yeah. to have time for ministry? And like, 
I guess that's fear of the unknown. Like, what does that mm-hmm. look like? Because I know I'm called to be a mom, but being on this church planning team, there is this like pull to, okay, I've got to do something past just being a mom. I've got to create this ministry or I've got to be a part of this ministry or mm-hmm. da, 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 da. Um, So I think that's been a real fear is, you know, I want to disciple my children and not right. um, take that for that job for granted. Right, right. And ignore that, which I'm sure a lot of um, people in ministry like have that struggle of, mm-hmm. you know, of especially pastors t- tending to their flock, so to say. Yeah, yeah. And also like putting a lot of that investment into their home. Um, so I think that's a big thing um, that, that I... I reoccurringly have fears about is just how am I going to be a great mom and yeah and also like be excited about meeting new people and bringing them into my home and right yeah yeah that's a tough balance I mean I think that's something that even I, I I'm trying to figure out as well because like I, I when you think about church planning and when you think about just like I don't know like just the church culture in America in general I think that even though it's not good, we sometimes have our own view of what a successful church is. Yeah. Um, and one, you lose sight of what an actual church is. You know, mm-hmm. it's not like a collection of, of programs in a large building. It's it's individuals who make up the body of Christ. That's the church. Mm, that's but, so good. But like you fall into this trap of of instead of like you said, like instead of having these like, you know, what's a godly goal to have or what's what's a what what is the godly or god-centered way to do this instead you you start doing what exactly the opposite of what Romans 12:2 says you know Romans 12:2 is talking about um uh do not be conformed to the patterns of this world and that includes our goals too mm-hmm. um and i think that's one of the things that i can sometimes get into my head and and just just screw up because I'll my goals will be American church dream goals, you know, oh, of yeah. like going up to Vermont and then oh, just yeah. like you know evangelizing to the masses, and they all oh. come and there's a great revival. Yeah, we, we have like the first mega church in in Vermont or whatever, um, and and that's that's man, that's an American dream church goal. Like that's not. That's not a I and what I believe is a godly goal because it's just it's it's me focused and it's even us focused like church planting focused. It's not Christ focused because the the goal is is an outward appearance of success and not actual like souls being saved. Yeah. Um, okay. Can I ask you a really like pointed question? Is it pointed question? I don't know. A really specific question. Yeah. It's okay if you want to skirt around answering it because okay. I don't know how you would answer this. Okay. But oh, I'm nervous. <laughs> what, what's the time stamp probably, on this? I may need to you've like. You've probably thought about this a lot, yeah. but what? Okay, so I'll preface it with I've heard someone say, like I, I've heard someone say about church planning. Okay, um, even if so, I said something about being effective, and mm-hmm. we'll stay as long as we're effective. And then they said, well, mm-hmm. what if God? tells you to stay and and you're not effective to your own standards but he has like a greater plan mm-hmm. what would be and this isn't a question about our specific church plan, yeah, yeah, yeah. but as you're thinking about this what does effectiveness mean yeah what what is you know we're talking about failure and success and stuff and uh-huh. maybe that's maybe i'm 
going forward a little bit, but what is success in a church plant? What can we be thinking about in places where we praise God about like, this is a success or, or this is not effective and Mm -hmm. where do we need to go? Yeah. I think, I think each church planner or each person in ministry would probably define that differently. Okay. Um, but so I heard, I heard this story from some pastor or it may even be one of our church planning friends. I can't remember where I heard this story. Um, but it's about a pastor who was serving in a church plant in a, just a completely unchristian area, um, an unbelieving area. And, he was there basically his entire life and he worked and worked and worked and he he hardly ever had any more than than maybe 50 people come to this church um which is you know sometimes you you could see that as a success but i think Mm -hmm. a lot of these people were already christians who just you know finally there's a place we can go Yeah, yeah um but not much other fruit was really being had um and then eventually this guy i think retired and you know kind of handed over the reins because i think he just he got old you know um but he poured everything into this community like everything Mm. and then when this uh new guy came along who uh who the guy handed the church to people started coming to faith like crazy in this area like crazy Mm. and the guy who took over the the church he attributed attributes it attributes it attributes it man sorry about that uh i think i had a little mini stroke there Um, attributes it to the faithful work that this man did before he came he said without him without that work that this man did in this community and what god did through that man in that community that wouldn't have happened uh all these people would not have come to christ he planted and planted and planted these seeds that just weren't ready to be or like tilled the uh, soil. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was just really exactly. hard soil. Right, right. Like yeah. I mean, stone. the Holy Spirit just wasn't ready necessarily yet for for the people that uh, that this man's life touched wow. to to you know bear fruit yet. But when this new guy came, uh, they it, they all bore fruit, and he just uh, he reaped the the amazing harvest that this guy sowed. Wow. Um, and so I think we have to be really careful because i mean we're we're told that in in the gospels right i mean you know some people are are there to plant some people are there to to harvest mm. um some people are there to water uh mm. and so we have to be really mindful about that i mm. mean and recognize that you know there's a chance that our church is there to like you said till the soil to to plant some seeds that somebody else may may harvest yeah uh and so i think we i I don't know i kind of wrote this for a later portion of this particular episode but the way that i define success and the way that um i've seen it defined by people i really admire is that if we seek to glorify the lord in all we do we're being successful Mm. um and it's not about I, i don't know it's not about all these the, the numbers and it's not about uh, everybody you know, patting us on the back and saying that we did a good job. It's about us doing what we can to glorify God, um, like we said in the last episode, in those moments um, and, and being intentional about making disciples. Yeah. Um, so I think that's a thing that I do want to like encourage our, 
our church planting team is that if we don't see fruit for a long time, um, as long as we're glorifying God in those moments, as long as we're seeking to glorify God in all we do, mm-hmm. we're successful. We just yeah. have to make sure that we're defining success in a biblical way and not a worldly way. Yeah. And that can be difficult sometimes. Yeah. I really like hearing that definition of that definition that you read off because like I can think of stories that I've heard where people did have to leave the field mm-hmm. and it was because there was maybe some roadblock in them being able to honor God, whether it was like mm-hmm. they had to be with family to get their mind right. right. Or, yeah. You yeah. know, something like, so that's really, I really like that definition because it, it takes away the statistics and the numbers and the mm-hmm. data and the, and it really focuses it on God. That's really cool. Yeah. 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 And it's, um, it's a hard one because like it can be, discouraging you know i mean we have some close friends in ireland who i mean they've been faithfully working for for years now and um i mean and they they still don't have that many people at their church um and and i know that they're they have moments of of discouragement and uh and i'm sure they've even you know maybe questioned sometimes whether god wants them to be someplace else um, but at the same time, man, they've seen some amazing fruit from, from what they've been doing. Um, it's just, it can be slow going sometimes. And I, and I, and I fear that maybe some, some people, you know, miss out on something that, that is just about to happen, uh, in an area, uh, because they don't f- see the numbers. Yeah. And so like, it's, it can be. I don't know. And it's tough because you do want to balance that with like, I mean, you do want to see a lot of people come to Christ. You want yeah. to see these individuals there place their faith in him. Um, and it and it can be frustrating when you don't see that happen because you're just like, man, you're missing something amazing. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, and, you know, I also don't want to allow that to be uh, an excuse for inaction as well. You know, yeah. like, well, you know, God's going to bring people when he wants to bring people that kind of thing mm-hmm, uh, so mm-hmm. we don't really have to worry about working like the hyper calvinist uh viewpoint um, yeah. and i say hyper calvinist uh yeah. viewpoint. Um, <laughs> yeah, but uh yeah so it's um it's definitely a, a a little bit of a balancing act but i think as long as you man if as long as you keep that glorifying god as your main goal then i think it's it's hard to go off course, you know, as long as if that's your North star. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I've noticed, um, just something I was thinking about, about like fear of failure. Um, and that kind of thing. When we start out, like, I think humility is just, I mean, starting out as humble as possible Mm -hmm. has been in my experience the best way to handle um a move and and beginning a new community Mm -hmm. and i'm really really grateful that before we're doing this church planning i've i've been able to move away to a different city um Mm -hmm. whether that's just moving to college but we've moved from you know from shreveport louisiana to um, jackson tennessee and that's been, I mean, there have been multiple times where I've had to just re, like uproot our lives and replant in a certain community mm-hmm. um, and 
whether that's us creating the community around us or being a part of a community that already exists, mm-hmm. I notice if I stay humble and I start with, hey, I'm, I don't know this place. I don't know this community. I don't know this culture. And mm-hmm. staying humble, um, it kind of brings the opportunity for other people to like reach out to us mm-hmm. and invest in us. Yeah. And um, we, it's like I don't have to move somewhere, start out the gate being like, okay, I'm the minister and these people are needy and they need me or they need what I have to say. Typical missionary syndrome. Yeah. 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 It makes more sense. And I'd never thought of myself as a missionary moving Mm. to Shreveport and then moving to Jackson. I mean, it was just because of Ethan's medical school and residency, but Mm -hmm. I did notice I fared better if I recognized, hey, this first year, I may not have super close friends. I may mm-hmm. not have these amazing, miraculous transformations within mm-hmm. my relationships and my community. But three years down the road, I look back at that first year, yeah, the time right. where I was humble, and I was like, I don't know what I'm doing here. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe maybe more humble, maybe past the point of humble and almost to like broken a little bit um, or bruised and battered. Yeah. Um, but having that first year of being like, man, this is so new culture shock. Maybe, yeah. um, this is so hard, but just allowing people to, um, them to be the one to invest in us and for them to have opportunities to pour into us and show us, um, what this new place is like. Mm-hmm. And that can kind of build some momentum for future success. You yeah. Know? But right. it's almost like you kind of have to fail in yeah. order to succeed. And right. that first year, typically, if you're like, oh, no, we're just going to have this success after another, um, you end up getting feeling shortchanged. But mm-hmm. if you just kind of stay humble, start with your hands open and just, I don't know what I'm doing here. Um, and just accepting as much. I mean, mm-hmm. kind of like our mentoring per- period that we would like to start. But yeah. um, just having that position in life um, when we get there. Yeah, I, absolutely. Yeah, and I think I mean that's one of the, I mean that's one of the number one things that you learn in like missiology missiology classes uh, is when you go to a new culture, you've got to humble yourself and you've got to not move there and like pretend that you have all the answers um, or pretend you know everything about the culture or or anything like that because I mean you're just gonna turn people off you know Mm -hmm. and um, and yeah you just you have to uh, you know approach it like you're a you know a baby going into a brand new world you know (laughs) and ask for help because I think like you said I mean asking for help and and telling other people like hey I'm new here like will you like will you you know kind of take me under your wing and show me how you know these things are done mm-hmm. like that's an amazing way to start relationships because mm-hmm. i mean people start to care about you because they want to help you yeah. they want to like be like you know it's a, it's like an immediate in an immediate like appeal to their empathy for you yeah uh and in but, Cajun culture, we call that ta-ta. They, they, yeah. wanted, they feel the need to ta-ta us. Oh, really? <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Yeah. We want a bunch of ta-taing uh, when we get to Vermont. Yeah. Um, and it's, uh, I mean, it's, it, and it's not just a strategy. It's like, it's, it's a reality too, because I mean, we, we do need help, yeah. you know? And, um, and yeah, it's a, it's a way to endear people to us as well. And, but it does take that humility and that does mm-hmm. take that, um, allowing yourself to to fail and to be like oh crap i screwed that up will you show me how to do it better yeah um 
And uh, and I think that that kind of brings me to the next point when it comes to failure is that like when when we're looking at it, we've we've got to be able to see the redemptive value in failure, mm-hmm. um, how God is redeeming this failure to either further along like our sanctification, our our identifying with Christ and and being conformed more and more to his <clears throat> to his image preach um and uh and it's oh, it's hard it's so hard um but then again that goes back to like that's why we need to be meek and that's why we need to recognize who we are before the lord um mm-hmm. and when we do that it's a lot easier to see that redemptive value and it's a lot easier to to allow yourself to make mistakes and not care so much about how other people view you um, because I know that's one of the fears that I, I have, you know, mm-hmm. going to Vermont and stuff, you know, cause we're going up there with, with really hip people and I'm not a hip person at all. <laughs> and, uh, and so just like allowing myself to fail around these, these cool people who wear cool shoes and cool pants, like just don't call them hip. Cause oh, that'll, yeah, that'll <laughs> really just like signs you away. Thanks. I already like, failed. Just coming out the gate. Right. Yeah. Hey, cool and hip guys. Can I join your group? That's what I'll do. Uh, so yeah. So allowing yourself to, to not care what they, what, what they think, because I mean, yeah. especially at this church plant that we're yeah. going to be, you know, uh, uh, being mentored by when we first get up there. I mean, they're there to help us. They're there to, um, to to point out our failures uh, and and help us in going in a direction that will that will ultimately man benefit us so much. Um, but and I think too when it comes to, to fears, usually the thing that I want to do the most is internalize them. And again, I think we talked about this before or last podcast. I don't remember when we talked about it, but when it comes to the different fears that I have, I often want to internalize them because I, I can sometimes uh, think that other people will not necessarily think I'm weak, but be like, oh, is he really cut out for ministry and church mm, planning if he's yeah. having these fears and doubts and stuff? And that's, man, that's a, a rookie mistake when it comes to these kinds of things or when it comes to the Christian life, period. Um and so we have to be able to to talk with with one another. We have to be able to talk with our church planning team about our fears and about um, the the areas where we are scared of failing. Mm-hmm. Um, because if we don't, then it'll just turn into a stomach ulcer or something yeah. like that. Or, yeah. or I mean, it'll turn into this uh, this spiritual ulcer that'll just sit there and fester and and turn us into these sad brooding people who who are afraid to move um so but not only that i mean we gotta saturate ourselves with scripture too and scripture and prayer i mean there's so much that the bible says about failure um you know and one of my favorites is second timothy 1 7 that says for god has not given us a spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind like how powerful is that like he hasn't given us a spirit of uh of being like scared cats being uh big old babies or anything like that. He's given us a spirit of power, yeah. you know, and even in the, the times that we fail, he shows his power because in our weakness, you know, he is strong. Right. Mm-hmm. And that is, Oh man, that's the best news ever. Yeah. I mean, even Paul, like he said that he was, <laughs> Paul is a self-described ugly looking dude who can't speak well. And yet he <laughs> is the most influential guy in the early church. Yeah. Um, and, and, 
in his weaknesses, God shows his strength and his power. And so what we think are our flaws are really instruments to God to to show how amazing and wonderful and powerful he is. Yeah. And that should defeat our fear right yeah. off the bat, you know. Yeah, I think about I think about um whenever um the Israelites were supposed to be um, looking into the land, the mm-hmm. new land that they were supposed to be going right. to. And I mean, God like punished their fear. Yeah. I mean, anyone who had fear of the promised land, the mm-hmm. land that God had, I mean, told them, this is for you. Mm-hmm. And when they were fearful, I mean, he like punished their All fear. Right. And of course, there's the healthy fear. There's the fear yeah. of God, right. which he obviously rewarded. And he never rewarded um, confidence in oneself. Mm-hmm. But you just see time and time again where he punishes fear mm-hmm. um, when we're not relying on and we're not trusting in God. And he rewards mm-hmm. um trust in him just like he rewarded i mean abraham's faith was counted to him as you know as righteousness just because he had trust and he just didn't fear and he didn't laugh at god and you know um anyways yeah it's it's interesting to see how god's like god knows how destructive fear can be and god he just sets up a system to where we're like where he's like, no, you can't fear because I'm here. Mm-hmm. And if you're fearing, then it's it's going to create destruction. And mm-hmm. I'd rather punish you than create that destruction. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, it's that fatherly discipline that yeah. we just desperately need yeah. because without it, we're just like, I mean, we're just like a little toddler who gets to run and do whatever they want. You yeah. know, like eventually they're going to run out into the street and just get like, like just destroyed. And, yeah. and that's the same thing with us too. Like mm-hmm. if we just are left to our own devices will get destroyed mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. like and what's so funny and well, not funny but like i think sometimes when it comes to fear and not trusting in god i think for in my life one of the things that he's done is just let me have my fear let mm-hmm. me do what i want in my fear which is inaction which always leads to to pain and suffering that i bring about myself yeah and and then he uses that in a good way to course correct me back to trust in him yeah and it's always it's always worth it and now kind of switching gears a little bit to when it comes to to failure in our church plant i think one of the important things that we have to do is create an atmosphere within our church um that offers the freedom of failure yeah um, and I don't know. I don't know what that looks like right now. I mean, I know that obviously that means, you know, giving grace, um, allowing people to to try things that that we may be like, oh, that's kind of maybe an odd thing to do, but let's you know give it a shot and see if it works, and and being okay if it doesn't work, and uh, mm-hmm. and just allowing allowing people to fail and and giving grace and mercy where grace and mercy is is needed. Um, I think that's unbelievably important because I've. I've had the, I don't know, I guess I've had the, the privilege of being part of a lot of churches that, that has been the norm of like, you know, you don't have to be afraid to, to screw up yeah. um, because, you know, they're, they're a godly church. But I've also been around other churches that are the complete opposite. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't mean we should never enact church discipline. You know, that's, that's yeah. kind of a different thing. Yeah. But, um, yeah. 
but yeah, being able to create a, a church atmosphere that encourages the freedom of failure, I think is going to be a really important thing as we move forward with everything. So that's a really, that's like, that's just a, an idea I haven't thought about. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, yeah, I could, I can imagine a church that's afraid to show failure. Yeah. And you know, a church, I mean, you can only imagine a church that wants to hide failure and, I mean, honestly, you usually hear about it in reports in the news about (laughs) something underhanded a pastor did. And anyways, but, but just in the same vein of not having that appearance of looking Mm. perfect and ministries having to be um, a well-oiled machine Mm. constantly. Um, But yeah, I mean, especially if we started doing things that no one's ever done before, things that we've never heard of that just come from our, you know, our, our own creativity or what God Mm -hmm. has placed inside of us. Um, there's no, if there's no drawing board to go back to, if there's no example of someone who did it, you know, we can't, how can we measure the success or how can we measure, um, yeah, what it should look Mm -hmm. like. And yeah, that's giving that, giving that freedom a failure too. will, Mm -hmm. I mean, well, I think, enable and embolden us to try those new things because we won't be as latched on to traditions. Um, and you know, however long our, our church plant lasts or, or however long God has us in this area, like, I mean, traditions, they can, they can form really quickly Mm -hmm. and some traditions are great and you should keep them and and they're good. Other traditions are stifling and, and like spirit draining and all these yeah, kind of things. Yeah. But having this freedom of failure will I think will will help us push past that and and allow us to try new things because mm-hmm. we're not afraid of that failure. Um and we're not afraid of of getting rid of traditions that just are are stale and, and useless. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. That's gosh. exciting. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> like it's a cool thing to think about and it's a it's a cool like Man, it just, it gives us, it gives me like, I don't know, so much more of a feeling of grace for even, even you guys. Cause I'm just like, you know, I'm, I'm a big old failure saved by grace. And like, I know that I'm going to at some point fail you guys somehow. And like, I pray that you guys, you know, forgive me and offer me grace and, uh, and mercy when I do that. And, and like, I'm, I'm sure at some point one of somebody else is going to do that too but we can offer grace and forgiveness in that failure or maybe somebody will want to start a ministry that just kind of tanks because it just doesn't work in this area but yeah we tried it like that's yeah. that's awesome hey like that's that's good stuff we learned something there there's a redemptive value to that because we now we know what not to do so yeah it's yeah. it's always an opportunity for some kind of shift like yeah Failure provides an opportunity, an opportunity to learn, mm-hmm. an opportunity to completely change gears, mm-hmm. um, an opportunity to receive help from people like mm-hmm. we've mentioned before, um, yeah. an opportunity, honestly, to get deeper in relationships with people to mm-hmm. when you have to have those awkward conversations and how freeing it feels afterwards, yeah, you know, right. like, yeah, <laughs> like taking it to the next level in your relationship. Right. Yeah, I mean it yeah, it's great um in that sense. Of course going through it sometimes, I mean, yeah, it's it's not easy to mm-hmm. go through it, but to offer freedom and say, "Hey, sometimes we're going to have to go through these failures." Yeah. And that's a part of the process. So let's just expect that or or maybe not so much expect it, but just like be open to it. Right. 
right. and, and, and have a plan for when we do fail. You know? Absolutely. Here's a thought as well. So I read, um, so Ligonier Ministries, the ministry that R.C. Sproul started um, mm-hmm. a long time ago, um, he has this like magazine that he sends out every month and it's got some articles in it and it's got like a, a devotional for the month, uh, for uh-huh. every day for the month. And uh, they're really good. Yeah. And I read one, an, one of the, an article um, written by a woman who I can't remember her name. I had never heard of her before, but the article is really good. And it was about, you know, the value of, of failure. Mm-hmm. Um, and she said one thing that really stuck out to me and that I never thought about before. Um, but she said, embracing mm-hmm. failure teaches the next generation grace and mercy. And I was just like, oh, man. Oh. Like, that's so true. Oh. Like, wow. That oh. just, like, punched me right in the face. I was just You're like. You're welcome. I know, I know, right? Yeah, I was just like, um, you, like, 100%. Yeah. yeah. Like, because if we embrace failure in the church and allow um, allow each other to fail and, and our children see us extending grace and mercy to that, like, we're teaching that to our, our children and the next generation of Christians who are coming up. Mm-hmm. And like, man, that's that's a powerful thought. Like, mm-hmm. that's a really powerful thought that I never really uh, considered before before I read this article. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's isn't that awesome? Yeah. Like, man, that's awesome. Yeah, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. Um, well, we had a kind of a second part to this podcast, but we're already kind of running on the on the long end. Um, so, I mean, do you want to keep going? Do you think we should pick this up another time? Maybe. Because we haven't really talked about the... Well, we kind of touched on the the fear of success. Sort of, kind of. Yeah. Did we? Well, we we touched on success. But yeah, I don't know if we touched on the fear of success. Yeah. And I don't... don't, I'm interested to hear what you feel about about that. Whether that's right now or in another podcast. Well, let's just do it right now. (laughs) We'll we'll just make it quick. We'll make it quick. So, okay. When it comes to the fear of success... Success brings with it a lot of different baggage. Um, it's, uh, let's see here, I, I wrote down some things. So, like, for one, success just equals more responsibility, um, which is awesome and exciting and really cool and, and, and an awesome opportunity to delegate more leadership to other people, uh, which is always awesome. But at the same time, it's really scary because it's more responsibility. Um, and so that's fear. Uh, another one is is more eyes are looking at you. Um, you know, the the more successful you get, the more interested people are in what you're doing, um, and that can be kind of scary at times. Um, and with that comes, you know, making sure you're being a a godly example for those around you. And mm. if you mess up, the consequences are often worse. You know, if if you have been a big success, you know, quote unquote. Um, in, in ministry. Um, I think a bit, another thing is becoming arrogant and power hungry as mm. well. I mean, I think we've mm-hmm. seen that in, in many churches and mm-hmm. in many instances in, in uh, the country and around the world as well. Um, and so that's a, that's a, a scary thing that I can, I can, I am afraid of. Um, uh, let's see. Another one is, is a fear of how you're going to balance all of the success and, and, all of the uh, more responsibility that you get because of that uh, with what we talked about earlier with family ministry and then and then church ministry time like how are you going to balance that because mm-hmm. you if you have more and more responsibility 
more and more of your time is going to be, you know, taken up mm-hmm. um, unless you're just really good at, at managing time. Um, so those are the kind of things that I, I think about when I consider the fear of success. Um, yeah. Does that make sense at all? Yeah, that does. I'm thinking, which is probably why it was hard for me to kind of connect to that topic. Mm-hmm. And it was hard for me to think about it. I feel like it, it would be a lot more challenging, especially for people who are in more of like a spotlight role. Like yeah. whether that's the worship leader or like the like head the pastor. pastor. Yeah. Um, because when I think of success, I'm like, great. The success means that I there are more people on my team to right, help me right. out. Or, yeah. you know, like, oh, that means our our team is functioning and it's a well-oiled machine and mm-hmm. da, 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 da. So for someone who may be just um, involved in um, a small group or um, just some other kind of other role, what I guess... A, a worker, a servant yeah. role kind of thing. Right, right. Um, we don't really take into consideration the fear of success. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's a really interesting thought of, yeah, if I were in that kind of role where there is some kind of spotlight or eyes on mm-hmm. me, that, yeah, that would be really hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which well, is probably why I, step, I shy away from those roles. <laughs> sure, yeah. 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 I mean, honestly, for my whole life, me too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's it, it's a weird thing to, to kind of have fears about, um, and I mean it's not a debilitating fear that I have or anything like that. And and I do pray that we are the godly definition of successful yeah. that we talked about earlier. Um, but uh, but I I think ways to mitigate that I, I'm I'm trying to mitigate that fear or mitigate all of my fears uh, honestly when it comes to church planning. Um, it's obviously through prayer, and, and again, it's, it's something that I've, I've got to do more of. And one of the things that I've been you know, kind of praying about as well is, is for God to give me, uh, kind of like Paul, a thorn in the flesh, something that just that, that keeps me humble. You know, that's why mm-hmm. Paul said that God gave him that thorn in the flesh, mm-hmm. to, to keep him from becoming arrogant. And, yeah. um, and, and I want God to always give me a um a, a heart and a and a a soul of going back to the beatitude um of of meekness um and that's something that i am i'm trying to pray more and more uh for because i think if you if you have that spirit of meekness and and the holy spirit is is pushing you in that direction then all the stumbling blocks that come with um ministry success are are less of an issue because you recognize again who you are before god and that you're not the one that did any of this Mm -hmm. it's been completely the holy spirit and the holy spirit alone um so my sarcastic humor in my brain as you were talking i think is also a little bit of wisdom so i'm gonna say it just just in in the in the in the off chance that it is wisdom (laughs) Do it. <laughs> My first reaction was, oh, you want a, a thorn in your flesh or something to keep you humble? Well, that's why we have spouses. <laughs> Just listen to Kayla. <laughs> that is the truth. Like, more than you know. Oh, gosh. Like, just, yeah. Just take a day to be like, Kayla, 
what am I doing wrong yeah, here? Yeah. Like, where am I not successful? And I mean, I'm sure God will just really enlighten you. <laughs> yep. Yep. Absolutely. I'll be like, Kayla, where are my flaws? And then she'll whip out like like Santa Claus's naughty and nice list, like of all the different things, like this yeah. big giant dusty book, and then she'll like flip through and well, list since everything. You've asked. Yeah, exactly. Page one. <laughs> oh, man. That is so true, though. I mean, it really is. And, I mean, I, honestly, I praise God that that is something that God has has blessed me with a spouse that that keeps me humble. That's yeah, for sure. Yeah. Not in, like, a bad way. No, but, like, no, no. You know what I mean. She, and she feels the freedom to say it. I'm sure yeah. there are a lot of yeah. households where right. a spouse doesn't feel the freedom to, yeah. to like, be honest with you. But, yeah, she, mm-hmm. she can say what she's thinking because... She knows it's going to be received well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Well, and sometimes I can be a baby about it. And then I'll have to be like, I'll come to her later and be like, okay, I was a baby about that. But I appreciate <laughs> yeah. it now. Yeah, uh, yeah. But, um, yeah, and I think, too, when it comes to success, I think no matter what we're doing, you know, and, and no matter what, no matter how we're successful in our life, I think a good question to ask constantly is if this thing goes away no matter what it is um are we still going to be satisfied in christ and Mm. i think that's a really important question to ask when it comes to personal possessions when it comes to even family and friends and and church you know if if all of those things went away yeah your church family or your even you know even if your spouse you know like it, it would be heartbreaking and the worst thing um to happen in the world but if your spouse went away are you going to crumble for the rest of your life? Which, I mean, there will obviously be a time of, of mourning, of course. But but will you be able to find satisfaction in Christ? And if the answer is no, then, then you know, there's there's some prayer work that, that needs to go on. And, and that's a, it's a hard truth. But that's something that I think will keep keep people humble in the midst of, of having success as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking when it came to the fear of success. Mm-hmm. So I hope all of that made sense. Yeah. Um, Did all right. Me. Cool. Awesome. Uh, well, do you have anything else to, to tack on there at the end? Any other thoughts? Yeah. Cool. Me neither. Awesome. All right, guys. Well, thank you again so much for listening. Uh, if you have any questions, um, about the, uh, church plant that we are, preparing for in Vermont, uh, you can go to truthfordoubt.com slash church planting. Um, you can also email us at um, truthfordoubt at gmail.com if you have any questions or if you want to know how you can support our church plant. Um, just feel free to send us an email anytime. Uh, all right. Well, uh, I hope you guys have a wonderful night and thank you for listening. <laughs>